Broadway Hour. I'm your host, Stuart Klein. Stay tuned for what I hope will be an invigorating hour all about the theater. Here on WEVD every Monday night from 7 to 8. Brought to you by Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers and Chemical Bank. Hello and welcome to the Broadway Hour. I'm Stuart Klein, your host for the next hour of Broadway news, Broadway songs, and Broadway gossip, and much ado about Off-Broadway, too. We're coming to you from the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers at 53rd Street, overlooking scenic 7th Avenue, where we have our live taping in the Lobby Court Lounge. You are invited to join us for the taping every Thursday afternoon between 4.30 and 6. We have a rather classy audience today and some very classy guests. Singer-actress Betty Buckley, the cast of... Whoa! The cast of Forever Plaid. Playbill's senior editor, Louis Botto. And the cast of Nonsense. And everybody except Louis will be singing live right here. Maybe Louis, too, if he gets in the mood. So stay tuned for the talk of Broadway and much Broadway music and our trivia contest that gives you a chance to win some prizes. Now some words from our sponsors, Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers and Chemical Bank. Join me here in the lobby court of the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers every Thursday from 4.30 to 6 p.m. for the live taping of the Broadway Hour. The Lobby Court, located at the corner of 53rd Street and 7th Avenue, is open every day, noon to midnight, and till 1 a.m. Fridays and Saturdays. Nothing's gonna harm not while I'm That music comes from the new Nothing's Smash album, Children Will Listen, a collection of Broadway songs by Betty Buckley. Betty won a Tony as the original Grizabella in Cats. She starred in such other Broadway musicals as Song and Dance, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, Pippin, 1776, and Promises, Promises. You've seen her in such films as Carrie, Tender Mercies, and Another Woman. She starred on television in Eight is Enough. And as noted, her new album, Children Will Listen, is just out. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Betty Buckley. Welcome to the Broadway Hour. Thanks, Stuart. It's nice to be here. You're wearing a nice low-cut jumper. Sundress. Did this... <laughs> <laughs> do something to keep cool. Uh, Betty, would you be offended if I read to you this rave review about your new album? Not at all. I love all right. the rave. This comes from Variety, Louis <laughs> Barrow's uh, sometime employer. I quote, for sheer warmth and luster, along with a the polish, there's Betty Buckley's Children Will Listen which, as its title implies, has plenty of Sondheim, including a ravishing Sorry Grateful from Company. There's also some persuasive Andrew Lloyd Webber and the sexy, lithe rendition of Julie Stein, Betty Comden, and Adolph Green's Never Never Land from Peter Pan. That is not a bad review. Wow, I hadn't read that one. I'm amazed. Tell That's me about great. this sexy, lithe rendition of Never Never Land. Um, hmm. I hadn't thought of it as sexy, but I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations Thanks. on the uh, album, Betty. Thank you. And uh, you're going to be singing a couple selections from it live right here. If you'd like me to, yes. <laughs> okay, I'd love to. Before we get to the microphone, i got to take you back. 
you were, as I noted in the introduction, the original Grizabella in the Broadway cast of Cats. And I'd like to take you back some 11 years ago to that opening night. Hmm. Now you're in your dressing room. You've just put on your cat costume. You're looking in the mirror and pasting whiskers on your face. <laughs> now, at some point during that, did you look in the mirror and say to yourself, what am I doing? What have I gotten into? No, no, I was <laughs> thrilled to be there. It was, it was the plum role on Broadway that season, and um, there had been... They, I auditioned for it six months prior to getting the role, and they turned me down. They said that I radiated health and well-being, and they needed someone who radiated death and dying and pathos. <laughs> and, um, so they saw everyone they could see and finally were willing to consider me again, and I came back for the last audition. And um, Trevor Nunn kept directing me to sing the song more suicidal, more suicidal, you know. <laughs> At the end, after wrenching my soul, you know, he stood there and looked perplexed, and I said... Mr. Nunn, I said, what is it? I said, do you want me to lose weight? I'll lose weight. I said, do you want me to transform myself completely? I will, you know, I said, you've seen everyone and there are a lot of people who can do it as good as I can do it, but it's my turn. <laughs> so he looked at me really funny. I said, you know, please, I'll do whatever it takes. And so I got the part. So you had uh, no qualms whatsoever about your future and the show's future, Cats. Oh no, I knew the show was gonna be a huge hit. It was already a huge hit in London. Had you seen it in London? Not yet. I, I saw it later in London. I went over to um, sing for their, I think, their eighth anniversary. Cameron McIntosh flew me over to sing Memory at the, the big gala for that occasion. And um, I, I also, I hadn't seen the show, you see, so when people kept coming backstage saying, oh, you remind me of my cat and all this, <laughs> I thought they were just being kind, you know? I thought they were really being sweet, but I didn't know how the show affected people because I hadn't seen us do it on... on in the whole, in costume, I didn't know what the effect was. So when I saw it in London, I wanted to reach out and touch them as they ran by. I was so excited, you know, by the, the whole effect of the show. And then I understood what people were saying. You know? Betty, I reeled off the names of a number of your shows. Uh, which one of them gave you the most satisfaction? Including films and stuff? I, well, I, well, whatever. Tender Mercies, the film I did, was a great experience with um, Bruce Beresford and Robert Duvall. It was probably the... The, the most exciting, artistic, uh, complete collaboration that I've yet to experience. But I would have to say Cats was the most ex thrilling experience of my life. Uh, I was just, it was the first time I had ever been given a piece of material that was already proven. The song was already a hit. Streisand's recording was a hit. Elaine Page had done it and stopped the show with it. And so the job assignment was stop the show. And I had always, my success as a, a child and performer and as a young person had been always about the art of surprise, you know, coming from behind and non-expectation. And people would always be kind of surprised that I was so, at that point, small and sang loud. So to have something that was already a hit and have to prove yourself like that and make people stand up was scary, really scary. Well, you did that. You made people stand up. And uh, you're about to stop our show. After this commercial break, you're here, you will hear Betty Buckley sing a couple of selections live from her new album. We'll be right back. Say hello to laughter, hello to romance, say hello to the goodbye girl, the new Neil Simon musical comedy smash starring Bernadette Peters and Martin Short. Pat Collins of WWR-TV raves, the goodbye girl is a home run, and the major hit, Neil Simon has done it again. Rex Reed proclaims, 
proclaims. Time flies when you're having this much fun. I have never seen a happier audience, heard so many cheers, or had a more entertaining and enjoyable time. Bernadette Peters and Martin Short are glorious. With music and lyrics by Tony Award winners Marvin Hamlish and David Zippo, the goodbye girl, quote, leaves you a bit happier to be alive, says USA Today. It's summer, so get happy at the Marquee Theater. All you have to do is call Ticketmaster at 307-4100 and say hello to the goodbye girl. That's 212-307-4100 for Neil Simon's The Goodbye Girl. If you need a place where salespeople take the time to help you find the best in stereos, videos, and all consumer electronics, a place with excellent selections at the best prices in town with free delivery in Manhattan, just visit Uncle Stereo, open seven days a week, located on the east side and west side. Call us at 212-721-7500. Remember, for price and advice, we're very nice at Uncle's Stereo. And now, with David Geist at the piano, here is Betty Buckley. Betty, you're on. I have never felt like this for once. I'm lost for words. Whatever made you choose me? I just can't believe my eyes. You look at me as though you couldn't bear to lose me. That only we are hearing I have never felt like this For once I'm lost for words Whatever made you choose me I just can't believe my eyes You look at me as though You couldn't bear to lose me No matter where I am No matter what I do I see your face appearing Like an unexpected song An unexpected song That only we are hearing I have never felt like this For once I'm lost for words I just can't believe my eyes You look at me as though You couldn't bear to lose me No, no matter where I am No matter what I do I see your face appearing Unexpected song, an unexpected song that only we are hearing. Like an unexpected song, an unexpected song that only we are hearing. Buckley. Betty Buckley singing in the middle of a crowded hotel lobby and beautifully. Betty, Betty, yes, sir. you made your Broadway debut in uh, 1776, no? 1776, yes. I played the role of Martha Jefferson. I got to tell you a quick story about that opening night. I happened to be sitting that night in the theater next to Burt Backrack. Oh, yes. The composer of Promises, Promises, a show that you also played later in London. In London, yes, and uh, <clears throat> Promises, Promises had opened that same season, and it was nominated for a Tony. Uh, when the curtain went down on 1776, to thunderous applause, Bert turned to me and said, well, there goes my Tony. Oh. He was right, 1776 won 
Tony for Best Musical that year. Yeah. What are you going to do for us now, Betty? Um, would you like to hear Memory? Oh, boy. Sagadimi. <laughs> Betty, thanks a million for being here. It's been a real treat. <clears throat> Betty Buckley, stopping our show. Here's the Broadway Hour update brought to you by Champagne Tatinger, the official champagne of the Broadway Hour. Sunset Boulevard, Andrew Lloyd Webber's new musical starring Patti Lupone, opened in London tonight. We'll have a complete rundown of the reviews on the Broadway Hour next Monday. Speaking of out-of-town reviews, a couple of productions of note got pasted. 
Herringbone, a revival of a one-man musical starring Joel Gray at the Hartford Stage Company, was called by Variety, quote, excruciatingly cutesy and a bad mistake. Alan Bates did not fare much better in the London opening of The Showman, a new play by Austrian dramatist Thomas Bernhard. Variety called Bates laborious and the play, quote, obnoxious. And they called me a tough critic. And Frank Rich in the Times gave a decidedly mixed review to Arcadia, the new comedy by Tom Stoppard in London. The casting coup of the year has been scored by the Williamstown Theatre Festival in Williamstown, Massachusetts. They've booked directors Elaine May and Gene Sachs to act there together. May and Sachs will perform in foreplay four one-act plays starting August 18th for two weeks. The plays were written by Alan Aikburn, George S. Kaufman and Ring Lardner, Ferrick Molnar, and Seraphine and Joaquin Quintero. The superb veteran Julie Harris returns to the stage in September. She'll star in The Fiery Furnace by Timothy Mason, a new play about women struggling to bring meaning to their lives during the pre-feminist Eisenhower era. Douglas Carter Bean, a New York playwright who is not precisely a household name, has apparently made a big score. His script has been purchased by Steven Spielberg, who will produce it for the movies. The work is called To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. And it's about three New York drag queens who motor cross-country to Hollywood, hoping to become movie stars. For the record, the three guys in drag are named Vita, Chichi, and Nagzima. Yum. A queen footnote, drag star Charles Bush makes his cabaret debut at the ballroom on West 28th Street tomorrow night. His show is called The Charles Bush Review, and the numbers include his rendition of the Peggy Lee classic, Is That All There Is? The dramatic potential of that song in a drag queen show is mind-boggling. My friend and colleague Howard Kissel, drama critic of The Daily News, is the author of David Merrick, The Abominable Showman an unauthorized biography. The book will be out in October, and I can't wait to read it. Finally, the Prince of Saudi Arabia knows how to see a Broadway show. He had the cast of Crazy For You up to his suite at the St. Regis Hotel, and they performed seven numbers from the show for His Highness. Actually, the Prince wasn't throwing around any heavy OPEC money. The Royal Arab had made a very substantial donation to Broadway Care Equity Fights AIDS, And the cast of Crazy For You, the prince's favorite show, said thanks by making the appearance at his rather uncramped digs. I don't want my arms around you, no, not much. Stars don't need the sky. I won't love you longer than the day I die. You don't please me when you squeeze me, no, not much.
so. Ah, but would I like it? No, not much. year. It has seven road companies. It's played everywhere from New York to Tokyo, and it shows no sign of letting up. The musical is a gentle spoof of guy singing groups of the 50s, groups such as the Four Lads, the Crew Cuts, the Four Races. And gathered around the piano right now is the cast of Forever Platt. Daniel Eli Friedman, John Gannon, Drew Geraci, and Ryan Perry. Gentlemen, the Four Plads, you're on. Tell me what I must know Pretty baby or otherwise I must go Pretty baby it's yes or no Gotta be this or that Now, so what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? do, do. I'm sitting on a 
doesn't make no sense Cause you keep me in suspense and you know it You promise to return when you don't I really burn Well, I guess I'll never learn how to show it If you got a heart and if you can't Then don't give us a part, make up your mind You're undecided now, so what are you gonna do? back in a minute with another song right after this break. For creative American cuisine, Streeter's New York Cafe offers everything from pastas and sandwiches to eclectic salads and creative grilled foods. Located at the Sheraton New York Hotel, Streeter's New York Cafe presents an affordable alternative for business lunches on the west side, and our 11.95 daily lunch buffet is ideal for busy New Yorkers on the move and matinee goers needing to get to the theater on time. Our 19.95 three-course pre-theater menu also proves perfect. Streeters is just steps from Miss Saigon, Cats, and all of Broadway. For reservations at Streeters New York Cafe, call 212-841-6570. We're talking to one of the four plaids here, and your name is? Oh, Ryan Perry. Now, Ryan, in the show, you like the rest of the plaids. Uh, you make silly hand motions while you're singing the song. Uh, you forget your lines. Uh, you even have a nosebleed. And you and the rest of the plaids, I think, would be called what we used to call in high school, dorks. <laughs> Would you agree with that assessment? Uh, again, I say yes. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, the nerds, the, the dorks, but, the, but they're really just the good guys. You know, they were the guys that people were afraid to be because it wasn't really cool, you know, to be, to be nice or to be good or interested in music. <laughs> <laughs> now, my question to you and the rest of the plaids is playing a dork on stage night after night uh, has this had any effect on your lives on or off the stage? Uh, again, I say yes. No. <laughs> Never mind these questions. Here's another number from the four plaids of Forever Plaid Taken. Crazy much, baby. Crazy much, baby. 
much, baby, won't you go to myself? When the time has come, honey, won't you please be my wife? I'll take and carry you the rest of your life. I'm gonna spend a lot of money, I'll put for two. I got a deal in the country for just me and you. Praise the much, baby. For Plaid from Forever Plaid, the show is at Steve McGraw's on West 72nd Street, and it's fun. Thank you, fellas. It's trivia time. This week's question is, listen carefully, what play does this line come from? And it's one of the most famous curtain lines in American theater. Quote, the SOB stole my watch. I'll repeat it. The SOB stole my watch. If you know the answer, send it to the Broadway Hour, care of WEVD 770 Broadway, New York, New York. We'll announce the winner on next week's show. The winner will receive a gift certificate from one Schubert Alley. Last week's question was, who played Captain Quigg in the original Broadway production of the Kane Mutiny Court Martial? And Thomas Fitzgibbon of Fresh Meadows, Long Island, knew the answer was Lloyd Nolan. Congratulations, Thomas. You get a gift certificate to One Schubert Alley. On your next visit to Broadway, stop by One Schubert Alley, Broadway's exclusive gift shop for the original and largest assortment of Broadway gifts. One Schubert Alley, between the Booth and Schubert Theaters on West 44th Street. By the way, in that production of the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, there was a young actor who was making his stage debut who played one of the officers of the court, and he sat on stage for two hours watching the trial and didn't say a word. His name was James Baumgartner, and sometimes later he shortened his name and became a megastar. James Garner. We'll be back with Louis Botto after these words. Say hello to laughter, hello to romance, say hello to the goodbye girl, the new Neil Simon musical comedy smash starring Bernadette Peters and Martin Short. Pat Collins of WWR-TV raves, the goodbye girl is a home run, and the major hit, Neil Simon has done it again. Rex Reed proclaims, proclaims, time flies when you're having this much fun. I have never seen a happier audience heard so many cheers or had a more entertaining and enjoyable time. Bernadette Peters and Martin Short are glorious. With music and lyrics by Tony Award winners Marvin Hamlish and David Zippo, the goodbye girl, quote, leaves you a bit happier to be alive, says USA Today. It's summer, so get happy at the Marquee Theater. All you have to do is call Ticketmaster at 307-4100 and say hello to the goodbye girl. That's 212-307-4100 for Neil Simon's The Goodbye Girl. Our next guest is the senior editor of Playbill magazine, a man with an encyclopedic knowledge of the theater and a delicious sense of humor. He's making his second visit to the Broadway Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, Louis Botto. Thank you very much. Louis, it's a treat to see you again. Welcome back. What do you got for us today? Well, since you've been doing all these wonderful numbers, I want to tell you about some ridiculous things that critics have said about great songs. Critics being ridiculous? (laughs) Go ahead, I can't wait. Well, Cole Porter once said that critic George G. Nathan 
was so ignorant about music that he only recognized the Star Spangled Banner because people stood up when it was played. Because every time a Porter show opened, the critics said, it's not as good as his last one. I see. Well, now, in 1926, Rogers and Hart, that great team, wrote a show called Betsy for Flo Ziegfeld. The critic of the Tribune the next day said, Mr. Hart's lyrics are brilliant, but that composer... He said, Mr. Hart, you better get another composer other than Richard Rogers. Whatever happened to Richard Rogers? <laughs> Whatever happened to George Goldsmith, the critic? Do you know my favorite misguided review of a musical, Lewis, was Walter Winchell's verdict on Oklahoma. You remember his classic, what was it? No, no girls, no jokes, no chance. No gags, no chance. <laughs> That's what Walter Winchell said about Oklahoma. Incidentally... Uh, when I started reviewing Broadway shows in 1965, Walter Winchell was still reviewing plays. He had lost a good deal of his influence by then. But at every Broadway opening, he would wait till the last second, then come strutting down the aisle slowly, all the way down the aisle to his seat, which was always A1, uh, wearing his fedora hat, with his ticket stubs uh, stuck inside his hat band as if they were press credentials. And every time I saw it, it struck me again how pretentious this egomaniac was. <laughs> well, he made Hell's Poppin' into a hit. Nobody else really well, liked it. at the height of his fame, Walter Winchell could make anything. A yeah. word from him could make any show. Give me some more uh, screw, okay. screwed uh, up critics. Irving Berlin wrote the score for the Coconuts for the Marx Brothers in 1925. It had one beautiful song that he wrote, I'll Be Loving You Always. George Kaufman directed the show, and he hated the song. And Irving said, what's the matter with it? And George said, that title is ridiculous. The word always is too long for any romance. So Irving said, well, what should I call it? And George said, call it I'll Be Loving You Thursday. <laughs> well, the, show, the song got thrown out of the show, and consequently, there was not one hit song in that show. That's unbelievable. That was one of Berlin's great, great numbers that he wrote when he separated from his wife. Well, I heard originally he wrote it for a girlfriend of his called Mona, and it was called I'll Be Loving You, Mona. I'll Be Loving You, Mona, Thursday. <laughs> Give me some more, Lewis. Well, there was a, do you remember the great review, The Little Show, with Clifton Webb, Fred Allen, and Libby Holman? That was Rogers and Hart, too, right? No, that no. was mostly decent Schwartz. That's and what I said, decent <laughs> Schwartz. <laughs> And, uh, and one critic said, you know, this show would be so much better with a good song in it. And it had uh, moaning low, I guess I'll have to change my plan, uh, Can't We Be Friends by Kay Swift. These are all standard songs. Weak score, weak score. And now the following year, the same three stars appeared in Three's a Crowd. And one critic said, Miss Holman deserves a much better song to sing than something called Body and Soul. <laughs> And another critic said that he didn't understand how she recovered from her opening number. She sang this song to Fred McMurray, and it was called Something to Remember You By, uh. which is another standard. Uh, one of my favorites is 1932. Ethel Merman, the great Ethel Merman, opened in Take a Chance. She had three great numbers. You're an old smoothie. Uh, Edie was a lady. And one other great, Rise and Shine by Vincent Humans. And one critic said, Miss Merman has style and verve 
Too bad she doesn't have a voice to match it. <laughs> Walter Kerr, uh, who was then writing for the Tribune, once wrote one of the greatest critical lines I've ever seen. Uh, Ethel Merman was singing at a benefit at a library uptown. And on the song, Blow Gabriel Blow, she had a duel with a trumpet player. So Walter Kerr began his piece the next morning in the Tribune this way. Ethel Merman dueled with a trumpet player last night on the number Blow Gabriel Blow. Guess who won? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my favorite line of his is when he said that an actor, Jay Robinson, in the play had delusions of adequacy. (laughs) Uh, uh, Robert Garland saw Roberta, a great Jerome Kern show, said there wasn't one song in this show that he could hum. He said, on the way out, he tried to hum something about smoke that's in your eyes. He said it turned into the last roundup. Oh my. And that was also the show that had Thanks for the Memory with uh, Bob Hope singing it. Roberta? Roberta. No, that was yeah. not in Roberta, no. That's what I said, Deeds and Schwartz. <laughs> Am I wrong again? <laughs> and uh, Robert Gollum was also the critic. He was the only critic who mentioned the great song April in Paris. And walk a little faster. What did he say? And you know what he said? It's an unnecessary item. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Jubilee by Cole Porter opened in 35, and Time magazine said none of the songs will be hits. And what and were the songs? Begin the Begin, Just One of Those Things, and Why Shouldn't I? It's a weak score. And uh, they said the same thing in 1936 when On Your Toes opened. Burns Mendel said, There's no ballad in this show. He obviously didn't hear there's a small hotel. Um, Then the Ziegfeld Follies opened in 36. Bob Hope sang, I Can't Get Started With You. He sang it to Eve Arden. And Richard Lockridge said, this song is nothing but a lot of horns. What show was that, 1936? Ziegfeld Follies. Okay. Is that where Hope sang? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Thanks for the memory. No. (laughs) No, he sang that to Shirley Ross in a movie. Lewis, I can listen to these stories all night long, but I'm being shoved by our producer. So I want to thank you again for your knowledge and your laughter, and we hope you'll come back to see us again. I really love having you here on the show. <laughs> Lewis Botto, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Now there's a waiter standing here with a lethal appearing drink. What is this? You got to come close to this microphone. Okay, it's a banana and a pineapple and strawberry flap. And it's a presentation from our chef. It's one of our new promotions. Well, I think you said frap. And I want to thank you very much. And I will do damage to this very shortly. Enjoy it, sir. Thank you. Nonsense, the long-running off-Broadway musical comedy, is about the Little Sisters of Hoboken, five nuns who put on a show in hopes of raising enough money to bury the last four of 52 dead nuns all victims of botulism. And at the piano now are members of the cast of Nonsense, Christine Anderson, Jennifer Perry, and Liz McCarthy. They're gonna sing, Take It Ladies. Many people think that in a convent, the Reverend Mother's something like a queen. Well, nothing could be further from the truth here. Shall we show them what I mean? Hit it. We 
Just a couple of sisters, plain as we can be. Just a couple of sisters who discovered harmony. Oh, sure, I could go solo. Going solo can be fun, but when two solos get together, they harmonize as one. None. We're just a couple of sisters out here having fun. The mistress of the charge here, though I know I'm not alone, as long as Sister Hubert adds her harmonizing tone. I train all the novices and do it on my own, cause I know Reverend Mother's near a stepping stone. A stepping stone? A stepping stone to what, Hubert? Oh, well now, Regina, that was just a rhyme. Really? Well, besides, the only other word I could think of was overgrown. And I know how sensitive you are about your weight. I will have you know, Hubert, that I am not fat. I'm just a little beefy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Whopper! <laughs> Put us both together, and we've got it all. The melody, the harmony, St. Peter and St. Paul. All we need's a Mary, then we'll have a singing group. Every Tom and Dick and Harry is a Mary in this troupe. Sister Mary Thomas. Sister Mary Richard. Sister Mary Harold. Sister, Sister Mary, Mary Noel. Sister Mary Martin. Sister Mary Pickford. Sister Mary Sunshine. Hey, roll, roll. Sister Mary Hartman. Sister Mary Astor. Sister Mary Widow. Sister, that's a wrap. Sister Mary Poppins. Sister Mary Christmas. Sister, that's enough of this Mary crap. Ooh, just a couple of sisters in what you'd call rare form. Thank you very much. We're talking to uh, Sister Hubert, whose real name is? Jennifer Perry. And your sister? Mary Regina. And your real name is? Liz McCartney. Liz and Jennifer, is it? Yes. What does it take to play a nun? <laughs> well, a lot of discipline. Um, you got to be good with a ruler. Uh, let's see. A lot you of got... quiet patience and, and <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Did you do any uh, special preparation for this show and your roles as sisters? Oh, well, I had 12 years of Catholic school. What about you? <laughs> I had no years of Catholic school, but I I've grew... been doing it a long time. So. <laughs> yes. and, uh, go, go ahead. No, we just were, I, I'm Catholic, so you know, I, I sort of knew how nuns act. or you know, I've, I've been well-trained, so to say. How so. do nuns act? Uh, come see the show and find out. Okay. What if you military men in habits, then you'll know how nuns act. Now, Nonsense has obviously struck a happy chord uh, with the public. It's running now how long? Eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Eight years. How long have you guys been in the show? I've been in the show a year myself. And? Five years. Five? You've been playing? On and off. On and off. Uh-huh. Is this by choice, Jaime? <laughs> By choice sometimes, by necessity sometimes. 
Uh, you uh, make fun of nuns in mm-hmm. the show. Has this led to any uh, aggravation from the audience or from other channels? Anybody take exception? No. Well, no. a few people in the past have, but mostly, I mean, we get a lot of priests and nuns come to the show all the time. A lot of religious people, and they they, they just have the best the time. They laugh the loudest. They get they get all the jokes, obviously, but. Uh, they, uh, people who they take have, themselves too seriously. Yeah. They, don't, they don't like it too much. I mean, people, the strict Catholics might not think that it's, you know, okay. some things. But it, it is funny, and if the priest likes it, then, you know, there's nothing in it that's too harmful. You know what I mean? Sister, what are you going to do for us now? I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we I'm have another. Wait aside. a minute. Here's a late addition. Who is? Another nun. What Sister, is your name? I'm Christine Anderson, and I play Sister Robert Ann. Sister Robert Ann? Yes, or Sister Bob. I like to be called Sister Could Bob. Could you explain how you got well, the name Robert well, actually, they gave it to me. <laughs> I actually started out as Sister Roger Ann, and then they found out there was no St. Roger, so they gave me the name Sister Robert Ann. But uh, Sister Bob fits me, because she's a streetwise nun. and Sister Bob, tough. streetwise nun from yeah, Nonsense. From Brooklyn. Take it away. When I became a nun at a very early age, I had to choose between the convent and the life upon the stage. So when Reverend Mother said we're putting on a show, I must tell you I was thrilled to death. I couldn't wait to go. But then to my surprise, Reverend Mother didn't see what is so obvious. The stage is meant for me. Money and fame I don't desire. I only want to sparkle, I don't want to start a fire, you see. I don't care if I'm ever rich or famous. I just want to be a star. I don't care if you know what my name is, Robert. I just want to be a star. I want to be the nun who makes you cheer, the nun who's out in front instead of in the rear. For once, I want to lead the band and have the crowd in the palm of my hand. I don't care if I'm ever rich or famous Just so I can be a star Oh, hey, when we began this show, ooh, they were really green They didn't know a chorus line from a chorus queen They didn't realize that in the chorus line You never get to stretch your stuff, you never really shine I don't care if I'm ever rich or famous I just want to be a star it's true that my only claim to fame is I got what it takes to be a star. I know my vow of poverty says I can't make a fortune, but when I'm 80 and sitting on the porch in the old nun's home and they ask who we are, I just want to say, hey, I was a star. I don't care if I'm ever rich or famous. I just Chorus line is not for me. I'm red hot to be a star. Hey, Reverend Mother, park your own damn car. I just wanna be a star. Christine Anderson, a belting nun, Sister Bob from Nonsense. The show is at the Douglas Fairbanks Theater on West 42nd Street. Get into the habit and go see it. Forgive me. 
Three mea culpas. You've been listening to the Broadway Hour. Thanks to our guests, Betty Buckley, Louis Botto, and the casts of Forever Plaid and Nonsense. Special thanks to Don Summer, Miller Wright, Greg Cunningham for getting our guests here. The Broadway Hour is here on WEVD every Monday night from 7 to 8. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the Broadway Hour, Chemical Bank, the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers, and Champagne Tatinger. And for those of you who wonder if I'm pronouncing this correctly, I talked to the Tatinger people, and they said, yes, it was originally pronounced Tatinger, but Americans insisted on saying Tatinger, so it became Tatinger. And if you remember that old can of cleanser, it was originally called, supposed to be called Bon Ami, but Americans insisted on calling it Banami, and Banami it was. Tatinger it is. Thanks to our executive producer, the lovely Kate McGrath, program coordinator, the lovely Lulsa Leslie Martelli, forgive me, director of advertising, the blonde Jacqueline Meyer, and engineer Chris Breitfeldt, who needs a shit. Special thanks to music coordinator Jim Breitfeldt and to Bob August and all the folks at WEVD. This is Stuart Klein for the Broadway Hour. Good night and break a leg.